Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. That's a good looking group. High five your neighbor one time and just say, man, I'm glad you're sitting beside me. <clears throat> I'm glad you're sitting beside me. <clears throat> now, if you do, since you're all limbered up and loosened up from your high five, take your Bible, hold it up. If you're not afraid, not ashamed of the gospel, man, the word of God. Hey, man, this is cool. I love this. You know, you, I, there's some place you can go to church and they never really open it much and use it, but we believe God's word in this church. We believe God's word in this church. We want to learn it. We want to know what it says so that we can go do it. Amen. So I, I found out that if somebody don't know what it says and don't understand it, they can never do it. So, so sometimes we ask people to do things. They have no clue how to do it. So, uh, so we look at this time as teaching and training and equipping. So uh, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Man, I won't be able to say that but for another week or so, and then uh, we'll be moving to a new series, which I'm very excited about. But Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 10 through 18, we, we probably, if you've been here throughout this series, you're probably learning these verses and starting to get these in your heart, and that's what I hope it happens before it's all said and done. This thing just gets hid inside your heart. So uh, if you've got to read with me, verse 10, if you don't have it, to be on the screen for your charge. Verse 10 says this, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, his might, Amen. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, verse 14 says, stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with you, which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication, in the spirit and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's good, ain't it? That's good, ain't it? Let's pray and let's thank you for this word. God, thank you for your word today. God, it is life. It's hope. And I just believe today, God, that in this book, there's going to be some answers to questions that we may have, God. There's going to be some weapons that you can give us today to use to fight the fight of faith. And God, I'm just thankful for your word. We believe it. We want to understand it even in greater measure, God. And even above that, God, we want to go do it. We want to live your, live your word out, God, and be your representatives <laughs> on this earth. God, thank you for each person that's in this room today, God. You set it up. You brought them here, God, to hear this, to experience you and encounter you in a real way. And I pray that will happen happen before they leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, the, we're in this series, and we're in week eight of this, and we're kind of wrapping this thing up, and it's called the Armor 
of God. And I'm thankful, man, for the armor of God. We went through a lot of teaching during this time, and, and I'm not going to do too much review, but go back and listen to these messages. They're all online. They're on our iTunes account. Listen to them over and over. Get the Word of God in your heart. Just let it get settled within you. So when you get into a situation, you know how to pull that thing out and use it. But this series called The Armor of God is a series that God's given us in teaching us the spiritual weapons or the armor that God has given us to fight the spiritual war that we're in. We've settled the issue. We're in a spiritual war. It's not a flesh and blood war. It's not against me or you, or it's not against you and your neighbor. It's something that's happening in the heavens that the enemy is trying to stir up in order to cause division among me and you, in order to cause division between husband and wife, in order to cause division between friend and family and and, and those that you work with. So again, we recognize this, and we know that God has given us everything that we need in this book and in this armor to fight the fight of faith. I love it that he didn't leave anything out. Every area is protected. Everything that we need to fight this weapon, that we need uh, to fight this fight is given us that we can do this thing that God has asked of us to do. So you see it. And his plan for you is to win. Mm, Come on. He never intended for you to lose. And so if you understand that today, just get that word in Revelation that he never intended for you to lose. Well, you say, it's ugly right now, Pastor. This is a bad situation. I'm losing, but you're you're not going to lose if you stay in the fight. Amen? You're not going to lose if you understand what God's word says. If you understand that you have a weapon and you know how to use that weapon, you win. So that's always been his plan. It's always been his purpose. And so he called you to be a winner. Look at your name say, you win. Amen. So he's given us all these things that we have and we need in this armor. The belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, sandals of peace, shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. And we did part one last week is the sword of the spirit. I love this, man. I love the sword of the spirit. This is where he, he introduces to us this offensive weapon that we now need to fight this fight. Everything else you see up in this point has been defensive. It's to protect you. But you see through this, now that God has given you the things that you need now to advance. Now to move forward, now to not just be able to sit back, like I said, and just be able to take a punch and be able to roll with it, but to be able to fight the fight of faith and move forward in your work. And he said in this that he has given us the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now I'm telling you, this is cool. There is so much power in words. We don't understand it. We don't really, I don't believe, understand that the power is so strong in the word. That there is so much power in the word of God, and there's so much power in what is said. Uh, me and Angel were having a conversation uh, this week and uh, just talking and just sharing with one another, and we were on the topic of my beard. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what was being said. Uh, I mean, I, I think she was saying something about how much she liked it. Um, <laughs> It was uh, how, how much she just hopes I keep it and just keep letting it grow. You love, she loves to run her fingers through it. And, and it just, it's just, it, you just like. No, that wasn't it. That wasn't, it's not, it was not a conversation. But it was a conversation about my beard, something else. But, but we was having a conversation. Well, Caleb walks in the room and we're getting ready. To, you know, it was, a, it was that, that morning before school. Everything's kind of getting fun. And, hey, then we're having conversations. And so, I, you know, during our conversation, I want to get my man on my side, man. It's Caleb. I'm there for him. I got his back. We, we do a lot together. I take him out to school. I carry him. I do all this. We, he's going to have my back. Caleb, man, what do you think about my beard? He said, I think you need to paint it black. 
He said, I feel like the hair on your head and on your face should match. I said, go to your room. Who asked you, kid? Get your... No, I didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't do any of those things. We laughed and... And I Facebooked it or tweeted it. You know how it is. Just it was one of those fun moments. But, uh, but those words were powerful. And we used to do it as a kid that, that sticks and stones may break my bones, but never, words never hurt me. That's a lie. That's a lie. Words are powerful. Some of you have been wounded by words. Some of you have been spoken words over your life, over your situation by your, maybe a family member. You may have been, as a kid, been, been blasted and been, and been told things and said things to you that somehow wounded you. And, and, and as an adult, we get older sometimes, and we still carry those wounds, and, and we still hurt by those things. Some of you may be in a situation right now where you're being spoken words that are lies, and you're being spoken words that have wounded you and hurt you because if we know that the truth and we see it for what it is, words are very powerful. What we say is, and you see it even in Scripture, that there's power of life and death in the tongue. When, I, when I'm doing counseling with couples, I tell them, speak blessings over your family. You speak blessings over your spouse. You tell them how good they look, how nice they look. You tell them you love them. You let, you know, you let them know that you appreciate them. You text them. You let them know because there's so much power. There's life in that. There's also death. But think today how powerful that the words that we speak are, how much more powerful the words are that God spoke. Oh, man, come on. The words that he spoke, the words that he's given to us, and he said that this word that he has available for us is powerful. It's living. This thing is a, is a force that he's given us, and he likens it into a sword. Remember, the sword that he, we have to look at here is a smaller sword. It's not one of the larger ones. This is something small. This is, means that there is sometimes close quarters. That means sometimes the enemy gets up in your face, and, there, and that's how he works. And I think God intended it this way. I think he knew what we needed. So he knows that the enemy will get up in your face, begin to say things to you, begin to tell you stuff. And if you don't have what you need to fight that, what happens so quick is we get wounded by the enemy. We get pulled back into a place of depression. We get pulled back into a place of sickness or despair or poverty, or we get in this place to somehow think that the enemy it has this control over us and that God's word is not real for us, but God's given us a sword. He's given us a sword. And he says this, again, we just quick review is we knew there were three types of, of swords that are in the word that he's given us. And there, those words, the first one was that word graphe. It's just the written form of the book. It's just the book itself. It's just the written word. It's just something that you have, you hold in your hand and, and you have available to you a graphe. Uh, some people think that just having that itself is a, that lucky rabbit's foot or you put it in your car so you're good. You know, you, you have it on the coffee table and you shine it up and you look at it, man, good, I got my graphite. That's, that's good and we must have this, but that itself is not going to do it. We also know there was a second form of that. It is the meaning behind this book. It's not just the book itself, but it's what's inside the pages of it. It's what's written in there. It's what's said and, and there for us and we can read it and that's good. And it's the message and, and, and I'm thankful for the message. That's powerful. But when he said he's given us the word, the sword of the spirit, he's talking about a rhema word. He's talking about a word that we now go into that is spoken or declared. So this is what we have to do is we see now that this word, that we don't just read it, we don't just look at it and say it's beautiful. We don't even just say amen to it. We should. We do all those things. But now we do this. We begin to speak forth the words and begin to use this word and this sword ourselves. 
Because here's the deal. I can get up and equip you and teach you, but you're going to be the one going out to battle this week. Oh, come on. That was a little bit weak. I know that encourages you today that you're going to be going out to a battle. Amen. But, but you're going to be one that's going to be in the fight. And if you're prepared to fight this thing, if you have a word inside of you that you can speak forth and declare and speak over a situation, God then has the answer and is available to work in your situation. So we, he's given us this sword, these words that he's made available for us. And so we have to do this. We have to believe that this doesn't just contain God's word, but this is the Word of God. We believe that here. We believe this is what he spoke. This is what he said. Second Peter you know, chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 today. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of word today. I always try to give a good bit, but there's going to be a lot today. Just to jot down the reference, go back and read it later because I'm going to give you a lot of stuff today. I'm going to put a lot of weapons in your hands to help you fight the fight today. But we see in Second Peter 1, 20, verse 20 and 21, it says this. It says that knowing this first that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, now that's a little bit heavy. Let me just kind of break that down what this is. This is not just even what you think about about what that says. You know, know, the enemy loves to, some of his favorite words is to hear you say, well, I I think. I I believe that. Well, I I tell you right now, my eye, he loves that. he's, He's cool with that. But he hates it when you say it is written. He hates it when you start speaking things that are in this book. He hates it when you get a sword out in your hand, he's in your face, and you have the the weapon in hand, and you begin to use that. He, He hates this because in this book, God's word is spoken, and it is given to us, and there's nothing more powerful than God's people speaking God's word. I'm telling you, it is a powerful force. We begin to use this. I, I, we back in the day, I, we when our kids were younger, uh, there was a dude named the Bible Man. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, man. My son Adam got saved at Bible Man's show, concert, show, whatever it was, where he actually went live, man, saw him there, man. And if you know the story, if you know anything about Bible Man, Bible Man was Willie Ames. Some of y'all 80s folks have a little bit more gray. You know what I'm talking about right now. You, w- Willie Ames was from 80s Enough. I believe it was it Tommy was his name in, in, in 80s Enough. Well, Tommy got saved. Willie came to Jesus, and he one day got a revelation, and, and he began to say, man, I'm going to create this thing. So he created this force. I love the stories, man. It, it didn't have the highest budget. So some of the things maybe wasn't the best, done the best way and the greatest quality, but I love the story behind it. It was a guy who was in a difficult situation of life. The guy was in a tough place, but he understood this. He began to yield and began to use God's word. And he actually began to come out, and he began to do it. And, and I almost wore my Bible Man outfit today. And, and, of course, we got several. We have the sword. We have the mask. We have the cape. But I was like, well, I better not uh, do that. But I almost did. But the Bible is what God has given us to fight the fight of faith. You have to use this. You have to put it in action and begin to use this. And again, if you're just saying what, what I think, but when you're saying what is written, everything changes. Isaiah 55, 11, it says this, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Man, listen to this, spoken by a prophet. But it shall accomplish 
what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Come on. God's word today is on assignment for you. God's word is on assignment for you, and he likens the word of God. You see Jesus do this in the gospel. He likens the word of God even to like a seed. You know, we understand that it is a sword, but he also said it is a seed. A seed does this. You put the seed in the ground. You can't just go out, and if, if it's you getting ready to do that, it's going to be coming up real soon as this weather's starting to shift. If you're a garden person, it won't be long that you're going to put some seed in the ground. But who goes out the next day after you put the seed in the ground and collects the fruit? Plucks cucumbers. You pluck cucumbers or you pick them? You, you get them. You get cucumbers. Uh, you, don't, you don't just, get, just you know, get tomatoes you know, the next day. You take the plant, put it in the ground. You put seed in the ground. But you have to do this sometimes. You have to water it. You have to believe that what you put in the ground one day is going to come up. You have to have faith in that. You have to go out sometimes. You have to kill the stuff that's trying to get around it. You have to try to kill the stuff that's trying to get on it. There's weeds that try to come in and choke it out and take it out. But you have to take the word and trust it. And he said the word is, is, a, is like a seed. So sometimes we think this. Well, pastor said this. You just can't just jump up and just say it sometimes and just think it's going to happen. Exactly like you will believe it's going to happen. But this is true. His word will not return void. It will accomplish. It'll accomplish everything that was sent out to do. It was accomplished in every way. And Jesus did this. Jesus said when he got into the spiritual warfare in his life, he said this, it is written. It is written. I love that about Jesus. He's constantly showing us. He's constantly trying to set the example for us. And he's trying to let us see how we should fight the fight. He didn't do this. And if I'd have been Jesus, I probably would have. He didn't come up. And when the devil got in his face, when he, he, he became 30, got baptized, went into the wilderness, and began to go in the wilderness. And while he was there, he fasted, he prayed. The enemy came and tried to tempt him and, came and tried to pull him off of his vision, trying to pull him off of his plan, his course. Jesus didn't say, don't you remember me kicking your tail out of heaven? That's what I'd have said. You did, turn around. There's still a mark on your honey where I booted your crack out of the. Of the I, let me remind you. And I would have said, "Hey, come on, look, look right, right here. Do you realize who, who I am?" And he didn't do that. I love it. He goes to the Word and he says that it is written. So when the enemy gets in your face and you see that the enemy is after you, you have to begin to say, it is written. You begin to yield the sword. Matthew 24, 35 says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Everything else is going to burn up and fade away, but God's word will stand. So we have to get God's word in our heart, begin to use it, and begin to fight the enemy with it. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And again, that is the rhema word. That is the word of spirit connects with your heart that you take out and declare and yield. Faith comes to you by that way. That means this, that doubt, fear, unbelief come the same way through other words. It comes the same way through the words. And he says things to us. So you have to do this. You have to fight the word, of, uh, fight the enemy with the word. You have to turn a deaf ear to other things. Remember, the enemy is lying to you. He's, he's, he's telling you things. He's a deceiver. He's good at what he does. So you do this. You refuse to listen to those things. That, that right there, just half the battle is you understanding what his word says and refusing to listen to another voice. 
refusing to listen and hear and in any way think that voice or that word is greater because, again, he's given us this word. I'm going to give you four things. I encourage you to jot them down somewhere and, uh, and get, this, get these principles in you. I'm going to give you four things that the word of God does. All right, now, it's countless. Man, there's so many others. There, this series itself could be years long that what we see in God's word through God's promises, the things that are available for us, what type of swords that we can yield, what type of things we have in our belt that we can pull out, they're endless. Don't stop at these four. Let these four just be a building block. Study on your own. Read God's word. Get every, If you see something in there, underline it, highlight it, say that's a sword. Stand on it. If you're reading God's word and you should be every, every day, you look at that, highlight it. Say, man, that's a sword. I'm going to pull that bad boy out when I need it. I'm going to put that sword in its place. But there are four things here that we need to get, and this is the ones God just gave me for today. Number one is this, the word of God saves. Okay, the, the word of God saves. We know that John 1 says that, that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word did this in, in verse 13, that the word became flesh and dwelled among us. Come on, we, can be, we beheld his glory. And so that means this, this big word that, that God is, and again, he, that Jesus is the logos of that word. He's the meaning of that book in every form or fashion, every way. He said this, he says that he became flesh. The word of God came flesh and dwelled among us. He came to this earth. You have to get that settled. You have to get that just settled in your heart that I believe Jesus came. I believe he came in the flesh. He got off of heaven. He got into earth. He stepped in the skin. I believe that Jesus did that. And the word of God saves. The word of God is our savior through what he did for us because it is our promise of salvation. Now, some of you, um, I know you're probably more spiritual than me, and so you always feel saved. Who in this room always feels saved? couple of y'all, wait, oh, good, okay, y'all, y'all doing well, y'all doing well. I don't always feel saved. I always know I'm saved, though. Now, I, how I feel, I, I feel, I'm very transparent. Some of y'all know, y'all just, if you've been here, you know it. I try to, try to mask it and be religious sometimes. I struggle with, with that. I'm just transparent. I don't always feel it. Sometimes you, you feel other things. But the word of God is a sword that we have that says I'm saved. We trust it. We stand on it. And we, we just have to come to the place. We celebrated last week. Uh, I believe there was 11 that got into the water last week that got baptized, man, that one under came up, and, and we celebrated that together. They grabbed hold of that principle. They grabbed hold of the word of God. They believed the word that, he, that, that because of what Jesus did on the cross, our arrest warrant, our guilt and shame had been nailed to the cross in, in, in Colossians 2. And we believed and we stand on it. So you do this. You get you a sword and you begin to stand on the word so that when the enemy tries to tell you, you ain't saved. Yeah, look at you, man. You thinking this. You're saying that. And just right now, you know, listen to me. You have to stand on God's word. Now, again, if you're not saved, don't act like it. Don't fake it till you make it. Don't, don't do what you know, I say sometimes. If, if you're not, do this. Surrender your life to God. 
If, you, if you're not, you step for, toward the king. Let him knight you. Let him hand you the sword that says, because I believe what Jesus did. I believe he got on the cross and died in my place for my sins. I'm going to let him now hand me the sword. And when he hands you the sword of salvation, that's your sword. Use it. Anytime the enemy says you're not, you stand on God's word, and it's full of it. I just pulled a few. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Remember the helmet of salvation? We put on the salvation that God has provided through Jesus. We wear it around John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You stand on God's word. If you've made the decision to follow and accept Christ when the enemy tries to tell you you're not, pull it out. Oh, no, hold on. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart, and I trust that word. Word of God saves Word of God saved. Look at your neighbor and say it saves. Second thing is this. The word of God keeps. The word of God keeps. Word of God saves and the word of God keeps. It's the word of God that will help you live out the decision you made to follow him. It's the word of God that will help you live right. It's the spirit of God working and his word that will help you. So you begin to go to this book. You begin to believe what it says. You begin to trust this message. You begin to let the Holy Spirit work it in you and through you and in your life where it gets in there. You just begin to stand on it. Psalms 119. Listen to this, young people. Psalms 119, 10 and 11. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With the whole heart that I have sought you, oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that means this, you don't just carry it around. That means you don't just pick it up and bring it to church with you and dust it off on Sunday. Uh, y'all, I feel love in this room right now. You, you don't just, you don't ask, ask, don't ask your spouse, where was I put the Bible at? That, don't ask them. You know where it is. Young people don't say, mama, where'd you? You know where it is. I mean, pack, man. Carry that thing with you. Be packing. Be using your sword. Don't leave without it. Carry your sword. Have the sword with you. And so you, you do this and you use this in his word that you've hidden now. It don't even mean this. It don't even mean that you put it on Facebook. But y'all got quiet. All right? That's good. Do it. I'm okay with this. Taking some of the verses I'm giving you right now, taking them, sharing them on version, putting them on your Facebook, tweet them, get the word out there, do that. But it's more than that. It's more than that. Do those things. I believe doing those things will help you get a hit in you, but it's more than just looking at it. It's more than just coming to church. It's more than coming, but it's doing this. It's taking this book. It's taking this word, and he said to do this. Hide it in his heart. You put it inside of you. Let it get inside of you so that you know when the enemy comes in, you have everything that you need. Use it like a sword. Psalms 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light in my path, man. It shines in darkness. Some of you right now, man, it, you, you're struggling. You need direction for something. You need God to give you clarity on some things. Start going to the word. Start going to God's word. It'll be in a dark room and you can flip the lamp on, man, and it just begins to light up that place. 
That's what the Word of God does. Uh, I, I have a tendency to stay up and read uh, at night after Angel, and there's sometimes I think she's half asleep and she's rolling over, and she's like, turn the lamp off. You know, and, and, and then so... I know y'all thought she would just float it around, man, all the time. You know, she does that most of the time, but every now and then, you know, she, 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 she tells me things very straight. But turn the lamp off. But listen to me. Only way I can see is have the lamp on, and God's word for you is a lamp. And he says this, it's a light to your path. You have to take that, and it directs you. Some of you wonder, man, what am I going to do? Some of you young people, man, I'm at a place. i got to make decisions. You know what you can do is this. Go to God's word. Go to God's word. Well, I, I, I need to go toward this camp. I said, I need to do this and that, do all those things. But go to God's word. Something in his word will direct you. Some of you are like, man, what do I need to do for my job situation? What do I need to do about this? You go to God's word. Some of you are struggling in a relationship, and, you, and you're thinking this place, well, I need to get out. What's word, God's word say? Y'all quiet, y'all quiet today. I thought this was a spirit-filled church. But y'all... <laughs> Maybe I'm getting somewhere with this thing. But you understand this. God's word is what keeps you, it guides you, it gives you direction. Fourth thing is this, is that God's word heals. God's word heals. Uh, it, it, is, it is such a powerful thing. It saves you. It keeps you. It's the guide. It's the third thing was it was a guide for you. But God's word heals. I believe this. I, I, I trust this. Sometimes, again, we, I, I truly believe that God's word is the greatest medication you can ever take. I, I know we do this, and again, it's just natural. It's how we're bombarded. It's how we're raised up and trained, and, and it's how our minds are constantly being hit by the media, by the doctors, by everything. I'm not one of those, well, I'm an anti, you can't take this. I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy. But listen to me. Go to God's words first. Trust his word. And in God's word, it heals. I believe this. Psalms 107.20 says he sent his word and healed them. Come on. He sent his word and healed them. And it delivered them from their destruction. Man, this is good. Listen to this. Listen to what happens. This pattern begins to unfold. Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. We've been learning on Wednesdays that those, those Old Testament books, those prophetic books, are words that were spoken, prophesying, speaking forth, and declaring what was to come. Now listen to this. Listen to what happens, and I love this picture. It is prophesied in Isaiah. Matthew 8, 17 says this, that it might be fulfilled. Wow that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying that he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sickness. Come on, amen. Give God praise for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Listen to this. Spoken by the prophet, fulfilled by Jesus. Now listen, again, you have to get, you have to get the sword in hand. You have to know how to use it. He says it was spoken by this prophet. Jesus came and fulfilled it and declared it. And I love what, for, what Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2.24. One word changed, then it changed the whole world for us. Now listen to me. If you get this, it's become your sword. He himself bore our sins in his own body. On the tree that we have died to sin might live for righteousness. 
by whose stripes you, now say this with me, were healed. (laughs) I don't know, man, if you got it. This prophet, underneath the direction of, of the Holy Spirit, remember every word, everything that was said in this book was not from man, it was from God, given to man. He prophesied it. Jesus stepped in the middle of it and fulfilled it. And then Peter didn't say, we're all healed. We were healed. That's your sword. Am I saved? You were saved on the cross. Can he keep me? You were kept on the cross. Can can he guide me? Can Can he guide? Oh yeah, he can guide you. Can he heal me? You were healed by Jesus on the cross. When we pray in this church, I don't see, you gotta understand it, we're getting swords in our hands. We're going to war on this thing. When we, some people, they just, they just may ask and open up an altar to make somebody feel better. And, and if I don't understand that, but that's different. But we do this because we believe. We believe that what Jesus did when he fulfilled every prophecy ever spoken about his comings. We believe that in this book that Jesus has given us his sword. When I pray for you, this is basically in my mind, and my spirit, things are going on and we're trusting God. I, it's almost like I just feel like I want to just hand you a sword. When I get up here and teach, man, I don't want to get you excited. I hope you get excited and you leave, man, saying, oh, we had a good time. But I want so much more for something to get inside of your heart. I want so much more for you to get a sword in your hand so that when the enemy gets in your face, you can look at him and say, it is written.